Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and of course, hello to all of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. Good to have you back here in the unlucky lounge, nuzzled in historic monoscrew manner in the blind eternities for a brand new episode of Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of this fine establishment, and joining me as always is the 2-2 that's always there for us on turn number two, and his name is Borok. And I have to say, my excitement for our guest this week is perhaps only rivaled by your excitement, my bear friend. My sentiments as my sentiments as well. We're quite hyped because we have quite an awesome collaboration this week. Is it Go Shintai of Life's Origin? Oh, I sure do love that Shrine Commander. You know, I think we're going to have to have a conversation about this obsession with shrines soon enough. But before we do that or get to any of our episode proper... A little bit of housekeeping and upkeeping. As always, this show is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, BLEAV.com, or wherever you download your audio goodness. Keep your midday blues away with Believe. And this show, of course, is here because of all of you, my unlucky lounge rats. Thank you for tuning in. And if you want more fun in the Unlucky Lounge, find us on all the socials, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok, Draft and Draft Corey. You can find my Instagram, Corey Demone Enriquez. And if the show is giving you some joy, think about helping us out on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash draft and draft. It's the lifeblood of the content creator industry, and it certainly would mean a whole lot to us if you helped us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. Well, that's enough of the housekeeping and the upkeeping. The Sorcerer's Broom is firmly put away in the Conjurer's Closet, and it's time for Friday Night Podcast to do kind of what I love to do more than anything, and that is bring on fellow Magic the Gathering players, welcome them into this thriving, alive bar, and give them a chance to introduce themselves to all of you, introduce some of our new collaborative listeners to our space, but most importantly for us to gather and enjoy a draft or two at the end of the week. So, let's go back to the feature table area and welcome this week's guest, Durachka, also known as Dura, to the Unlucky Lounge. Okay, okay, it's it's my turn. Uh, oh, never have I ever played a Stax Commander deck. Damn it. <laughs> I knew I'd get you on that one. Mr. Turtle, you had better put a finger down. I'm a turtle. I don't have fingers. Mm, Turtle. Mr. Turtle, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. (laughs) You see, this is what I got to deal with all the time, Dura. This is what I got to deal with. (laughs) Listen, you find the people where you can working in the blind attorneys. You know what? Borok, it's your turn. Why don't you go ahead? Low blow, Borok. Low blow. Yeah, can you bl- <laughs> so, he, this is what happens when you specifically target someone. Now I got to put a finger down. I was I was winning too. I, okay, Mr. Turtle, you go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, never have I ever won before turn ten. Oh, I gotta Mr. think about that one. Ma- Mr. Turtle, 
You're saying you've never won before turn 10? Yes. What else would you expect from me? Little turtle. Okay, fine. I'll put a finger down. Dora, you, I, have you ever, I mean. Uh, I don't even know. I like, honestly, I don't know. I don't keep track of turns. You're a guest. I think you can keep the finger up, but it, okay. it's your turn. We, <laughs> I, I only got one finger, so I don't know. Like, don't, don't get me good on this one. Oh goodness. Okay. Let me think. Let me think. Um, okay. Ooh. Ah, never have I ever milled somebody out. What? <laughs> nope. What? <laughs> Not fair. <laughs> okay, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen this before. But you literally eliminated all of us in one fell swoop. That's crazy, Dura. Oops. <laughs> hey, you gotta play to win. But you know what, Borak, Mr. Turtle, why don't you go get that spread for our guest here? Turtle. <laughs> As I think it's time for us to get her inside of Friday Night Podcast. All my lucky lounge rats. I have to say. It is an absolute privilege to have fellow content creator in many, many different realms. We're talking Twitch, we're talking TikTok and beyond. Uh, she's a friend. I joined her on one of her streams for a Commander game recently. Uh, Alicia, also known as Durachaka. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be um, on your podcast with you. We did have a lot of fun on the stream Commander game. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, and I have to say, it, it was a very unique end. Not only did you just like combo off from Zada at Hedron Grinder, but I, I don't know if you remember, like there was like a political deal that we made. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's like, I just couldn't hold you to it because there was like, it was a rules interaction I was just wrong on with trying to counter your thing, but I was just trying to bluff my way to victory. But I'm like, nah, you were doing too, you were doing too much powerful magic for me to not give you that win. To be fair, I made that deal with you before. I think I fully realized how much of a win con I had um, because I pretty much, I was very close to decking myself out um, because of how many cards I was drawing. Zada can really just go off so fast. So it's not your fault. It's not anyone's fault. Um, I kind of just like lost my mind a little there. So <laughs> I wouldn't even use the word fault because it was just a very interactive and complicated game that was a delight plus your your audience your your crew everyone was wonderful but you know it, it was great to be there but i've i'm sure that i along with not only your squad and i'm sure all of my unlucky lounge rats we'd love to know more about you and i believe that any planeswalker has a great origin story tell me <laughs> how did you find your way into the multiverse magic the gathering well um so it all started with a boy. <laughs> and um, I actually had never heard of Magic the Gathering. I knew what D&D, uh, &D, Dungeons and Dragons was. Um, and I had tried so hard to get into that for a really long time, but I had never tried out Magic the Gathering. And so uh, we got a deck, it was a standard deck, and I started playing. And I, honest to God, I did not like it until I tried Commander. Right. So like a couple months go down, I'm like, oh, I really just don't like Magic the Gathering. Sorry. But then we pulled out Commander and that that's a format where I genuinely just fell in love with the game. Um, I is so it's so interesting. Every game is different. Building a deck around that one head of your army is just such a fun interactive way to uh, get to know the format. So that's just how I delved in. Uh, someone said, hey, you should play. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I want to impress you. So let's go. <laughs> and then we played uh -huh. Magic the Gathering. So 
I've definitely become an avid lover of the game. Um, that person's no longer in my life, but that that's the way it goes, I guess. <laughs> you know, in the end, sometimes along the road's journey, you find loves that are along the way. And if that means slinging some very expensive cardboard, then, you know, go for it. <laughs> cardboard and crack. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever, uh, are you subscribed to that, uh, that stream? I don't know if any of my listeners out there uh, follow Cardboard Crack, but it's a series of really fun cartoons. You, you have that too? Yeah, I watch them on YouTube all the time. I love it. Oh, I, I, I actually, YouTube, right? Yeah. Uh, I know I have it on Instagram. I'll look at it on YouTube. I've never seen it on YouTube before. I, well, maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I'm going to go look at it up because I'm pretty sure I saw it. I know I have them on on Twitter. Oh, they're not on YouTube. I'm just being dumb. Never huh. mind. Don't mind me. Hey, hey, you know what? It, oh, in, they are. In, there they are. Yeah. There we go. Great. Uh, <laughs> Mediums and modes and content is everywhere nowadays. What can you say? Although it reminds me, I'm going to show my my magic boomerness here just a little bit. Uh, back in the day, there used to be like an Onion uh, Magic the Gathering website where they would post oh. articles and such. It was like very a kind of a false news story. My friends and I still uh, refer to this one before. Uh, whereas like a news article about a kid that's writing about the really kind LGS that he went to where he mm -hmm. had this card called Snapcaster Mage and he gave it to the store and they gave him 25 sodas. He was so excited because sodas were $2 a piece. He's like, I got 25 sodas. <laughs> like, and now I was gonna think about the, the return rate on that store getting that Snapcaster Mage and it is funny. Oh my goodness, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Agree, well, you know, I, I love that you kind of centered your journey into Commander and EDH. Uh, and I think it's, you know, quite frankly, one of my most favorite ways of playing the game. And I'm sure along the way, you've probably had some kind of accomplishment, maybe a moment where you're like, oh, wow, I'm really proud of either a play, interaction, maybe starting the stream. What's your biggest accomplishment in Match the Gathering? I think my biggest accomplishment, I'm, I'm gonna toot my own horn here, is just the amazing community that I have over on Discord. And just the people like that we play with, we're all, we play with each other all the time. And it's always a couple of different people and um, well, several different people, I should say. Um, and I'm just so proud of the community that I've built around these people because they're amazing at the game for one. They rival my, my power levels by so much, but also they're just so kind and beautiful to one another and um, I really am proud of, I think that's my, my, my best thing is the community. I, I brought amazing. all these really cool people together and we play magic together and we're all just genuine friends. So it's great. <laughs> I love that. I mean, in the end, it is the gathering and especially having done that in spite of the last two years and being a small part of that community, having seen it, it truly is a lovely and healthy one that I would love for other listeners of my show to take a chance to look at your stream. I think it's great. Uh, but I also know that you dabble in some other parts of the community of Magic the Gathering. For example, you had, I think, one of the more striking and unique cosplays that I've oh. seen in quite some time. Uh, <laughs> can you articulate maybe what that cosplay is and where you found the artful provocateur in your soul? Uh, so Alila is a commander of mine. I love her to pieces. I actually discovered her on Arena when I was learning how to play Brawl on Arena, mm -hmm. uh, which is a lot like Commander, not quite though. Uh, and I just like fell in love with her as a character. I think that she's a great 
um, she's not really in the lore that much, which I think is really interesting. Like I tried so hard to find lore around her so I could like, be canon when I'm playing her as a character, but um, I couldn't find anything. I think there's like one throwaway line about her in one piece of literature. But um, I just decided that I wanted to start cosplaying all of my female commanders because all of my commanders are female and they're all badass. Um, that's what I try to go for when I'm building a commander deck is, is it, a, is it a girl? Is she badass? Okay, cool. Let's go. Um, <laughs> and there's not a lot of reference art for her either. So I don't have any sewing skills. I actually commissioned the cosplay itself, um, the outfit off of an Etsy creator and she did a phenomenal job. It took months. I think I, I cosplay, I, uh, commissioned the cosplay like in June and I didn't get it till December. But it just is so beautiful. I love it so much. Um, the rest of it was just kind of like, you know, getting the, the, the makeup correct, which took me a while because of face paint over, all over your body is, is kind of hard. Um, the very, I mean, that's that, yeah. that's a skill. That's a feat into itself to get it together. Yeah, the, the cosplay <laughs> is beautiful. The details are wonderful. But the way that you put the whole artistic endeavor together is yeah. worthy of praise, too. I do have to recreate. I did create the fairy wings myself. I I don't I didn't make them correctly, but that's all what cosplay is really. It's just testing out new, um, new ways of doing things. And so I'm probably gonna go back and redo the fairy wings for sure. But I am very proud of that cosplay. I think it turned out beautifully. I just need to find another afternoon to put it on and, and make more TikTok content and possibly some YouTube content around it as well. I, I am really proud of that cosplay. I did work very hard on it, so. And it, and it truly paid off in dividends <laughs> in both the production and some of the content you made around it. And I love that it's also a Throne of Eldraine bit of content yeah. because I adore that set. I know it has some <laughs> power level issues, but the set itself, the storytelling aspect and like the humans versus the non-humans, I love it. And you were speaking so eloquently about the lore. And yeah. I, I just want to throw this out here because the one thing, because I come from a Disney background, and there is little sprinklings of her name everywhere in Eldraine, but we did not see a card of her. It's Cassia, the Cinderella of the set. If I could have anything, I'd want to get a proper Cassia commander. I want to see what Cinderella in magic does. That's what I want. Is that so much to ask? Okay, what would her powers be though? I don't know. So she appears on like, she's Midnight Clock and she's okay. Crystal Slipper. And then there's also Beloved Princess. So I think it'd be like, almost like a Jeskai commander. And mm. I almost think it'd be, like almost haste matters. Like if the if a creature entered the battlefield and did damage to a creature or player, do something. I don't know why, but I like the idea of her being like speedy and fast, and she has to leave. Maybe she returns things to your hand, like a dash Ooh. sense. I don't know. I something like that. I think would be cool, and I, I just want to see that character. What would her color colors be though? I think blue for sure because of the color of her dress. And if you think about Cinderella, yeah. But then what what would her other colors be? So I'm, I actually think, yeah, I think it'd be Jeskai. I think it'd be white, blue, and mm. red. So like a crystal slipper, which is red, and then Jessica. the beloved princess, the the white creature. I think that would almost all mix it up together. That just an instinctual thing. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> That's the one thing I'm really bad at, and you'll notice. Um, I don't know the names of all the color combinations. <laughs> and to be fair, Dura, it's not. It, it's difficult today because just look at last year. We had Strixhaven which mm -hmm. suddenly the two color combination has got a brand new name. It's not Boros anymore. Now it's Lorehold as well. And oh. in our oh, next no. set, we have Streets of New Capenna, which okay. is refeaturing the three, the original three color combination, the shards. So now Ooh. instead of 
Bant, it's something else. And instead of Esper, it's something else as well. It's changing, right? But yeah. it, the, the change is good and it's fun. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm very excited for Suits and Nukapanda. I think the top-down design of it's gonna be great, but I mean, magic ling like language is so difficult and changes all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited to see where they go with it because I did love Kamigawa as a set. I think it's beautiful. The mm -hmm. art is absolutely gorgeous. Um, opening opening the boxes was a true treat. Like you could find so many beautiful treasures, like even with the tokens themselves, right? The treasure tokens. Can we talk about the treasure tokens? They're Let's freaking talk gorgeous. About the tokens. Yeah. <laughs> They're so pretty. And I we pulled several foils and um of the treasure tokens and I just love them. I think they're gorgeous. They're not like as they're not typical, right? They're not just like a, yeah. a picture of a treasure chest. Um, and I think they're beautiful. The art is just in the set was gorgeous. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Agree. Uh, but I want to get back to something we were talking about not too mm -hmm. long ago, because we connected, I think, in the world of TikTok. Yeah. And certainly that's the new big social media. Like, like um, I think it's like the most downloaded app right now. And the way in which Magic the Gathering and TikTok are interacting is just so interesting to me. And while I'm out there and I'm slowly building a presence, I would love maybe for you to speak as we spoke before about the different mediums that magic content creating is taking nowadays. How do you see TikTok interacting with both viewers and content creators to create something new? Like what's your instinct in regards to that? So TikTok is a very short form content, right? You are taking in all of this information in seven seconds and then scrolling along. And so I think the beautiful thing about TikTok is you're able to create these beautiful short segments about Magic the Gathering, which is a very, very complicated thing to talk about sometimes. Um, you're infusing all this beautiful um, comedy, short form storytelling, all of that, and just throwing it at people's faces. And they're just like scrolling through and they're on MTG TikTok and they just like, there's some amazing people on there that just make such, I'm not a comedian. Um, I usually just have a, some cards in my hand and then singing along to some track. Like that's what I usually do. But there's so many funny people on TikTok. And I think that the community um, is is pretty solid from what I've seen. I yeah. think I think one thing that really struck me, and I actually didn't think about this until you just said it now, that uniquely TikTok, not only is it the short form, because one might argue that the short form of Twitter almost echoes the short form of TikTok, but mm -hmm. It's the comedy infusion mm -hmm. that I don't think I've really seen. Certainly we talked about Cardboard Crack and you know yeah. the former Magic Onion thing that I was speaking on too, but truly I think some of the more interesting and clever ways that TikTok uses were like a trending sound or, or maybe an effect drives forward content and it just naturally goes into this comedic space. And mm -hmm. it, it was really well put, Dora. I, I didn't even think about it till now, but that does seem to be a way in which Magic narratives are reconfiguring to the lighter side in TikTok. Yeah, and you can inf you can just uh, inf like your your entire personality is on <clears throat> display in these short form um, stories and stuff like that. So like, not only are you connecting with the creator as a person, but you're also connecting with their play styles, with what their uh, their preferred format is. Um, you're getting all this beautiful information, and it's just lighthearted. It's beautiful. I really do love um going and watching other creators tiktoks like tiktok is just it's different from twitter i would argue that it's not the same thing as twitter because twitter is just text i mean yeah you can have gifs yeah you can have pictures right but tiktok is purely a visual format and um 
I think that it is different from any other uh, platform out there today. Um, there's more discoverability, there's more community. Um, I really do think TikTok is going places if they don't mess it up for themselves, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that wouldn't be our fault uh, at its baseline too. <laughs> yeah. And another point I think to pull out a little bit, I know and I just was, I just closed out a show and I was talking with a member in my cast and immediately, like when I mentioned TikTok, he snapped off, oh yeah, I hate that. And I asked, did you ever even try it? And the answer was no. He just said that I have the right to dislike that. And I thought, you know, I just wish people had, had a chance to just kind of engage in it in a little bit, particularly in something you brought up too. And that is the way that people can engage with other content creators. You know, you can do the basics, you can like, you can share, you can comment, but in TikTok, you can use similar effects or sounds or even Stitcher duet to make a more direct correlation. I mean, I have to be honest, I think one of my most viewed videos is something that I duetted on top of you. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, and I think that's just a really fascinating way that engagement can take just a sharp turn in a different way and use simple tools to allow people a space to have a different kind of voice. Yep, I really do think TikTok is perfect for that kind of thing. And you're, we're not gonna see another platform like it for a while, I think. Um, I do like Twitch, I do like Twitter and all that fun stuff, but TikTok is where I live, you know? That's where I go when I need to scroll for a couple hours and chill. Like, I, I love TikTok. And the cool thing too is TikTok also has a lot of different communities. And mm -hmm. like, for me, my talk is based in, you know, a lot of sci-fi, Star Trek, Star Wars, Firefly-verse, all those things between, which leads me to a question I want to ask to you before we get to what Friday Night Podcast is all about, and that is drafting yep. with friends. The question I have for you is if you could, just like Street Fighter, just like Walking Dead, just like Stranger Things, all of them have found their way into the magic lexicon through things like Secret Lair. If you could bring any one IP into the multiverse, what would you want to bring? Shoot. I don't even know, man. Like, cause they've already done a lot of like the stuff that I'm into. I'm really into Attack on Titan right now. I think that would be cool. That'd be sweet. No, like... I, I'm I'm down for it. I was about to say, I bet you there's like a good anime show out there that I yeah. could see in, into magic pretty well. And I mean, I think that's a great example of one that could really do some cool dynamics. And think yeah. about being able to have a commander that's Attack on Titan based. Oh goodness. Can you imagine? Like they could literally just make one, one of the nine Titans a command like they could make like a card for each of the nine titans or each of your fair like aaron yeager for fuck's sake like oh i'm sorry i didn't mean to cuss um <laughs> that's okay i can just click the explicit button we'll be fine <sighs> sweet okay cool um so there i think there's a lot of animes that could easily be brought into the mtg world um there's quite a few that i think would be interesting for the very least you know fairy tale would be a fun one i think <laughs> there's a lot of interesting characters in fairy tale that would make for interesting cards. <laughs> well, you know, if it's Fairy Tale or Attack on Titan, you know, let's go with Attack on Titan because I would love for Uro to eat its heart out and we make some better Titans, you know? But like, yes. as, as if we didn't need one that was better than, than Uro or Kroxa. But mm -hmm. let's take that Titan narrative and let's put a titanic effort into our draft that we're gonna do here. We're still in the middle of Kamigawa Neon Dynasty and it's time for us to join together. Uh, I, we talked briefly about this, but I'd love for you to share uh, your experience with draft or in particular drafting Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. How has uh, the limited format treated you over time? Well, um, my very first Magic the Gathering event was a draft. It was an in-person draft right before 
the pandemic hit and um but <laughs> it was kudos really for bad. you for jumping into limited one of the more complex and multi-tiered formats yeah. as one of the first ways you've ever played like imagine listeners not only having to learn the game but then learning how to draft too that's crazy yeah. talk i give you a gold I, star for oh, that god it was bad i got my ass handed to me man <laughs> it was I, actually embarrassing <laughs> I I, ima I I can't imagine anyone's first draft ever being spectacular. It's just impossible. Yeah. You you can't, you can't understand the format. But together, hopefully, we're going to make something cool out of this Kamigawa Neon Dynasty draft. Uh, we're going to put the gems in here. But before we press that play button, it's time for us all to engage in a tradition. So all my listeners out there, my lucky lounge rats, Dura, grab a drink, grab a snack, maybe even crack a pack. Let's celebrate all the great that you are on this Frynet Podcast. Friends, this is the Untapped Step. Dura, cheers. Thanks for joining us here today. Thank you for having me. Ah. Well, it looks like the draft is ready. All eight people are sitting virtually in their tables or in the stool like we're sitting here in the Unlucky Lounge. Let's see what we can dig into here. Uh, now, I always believe that we as players don't live in a vacuum. Dura, do you have any color preferences in the way that you like to play this game? Uh, I think my favorite color is black. Um, <laughs> like I love swamps and uh, the just the way that that for like that um, that color plays. But I also like like um, red and white, and um, those are just my three favorites. I think I actually don't know. I don't have a deck that has all three of them in them, but um, I do play quite a few. Like my favorite commander, for example, is Siona, but she's green and white, so. Yeah, my, my, my play oh. style largely is around enchantment shit, so. <laughs> hey, I got my own enchantment deck too, but hey, here we are in pick one, pack one of the draft. Uh, the rare is a Ganja Uprising, not a really great one. It does some explosive mm. things on one turn, but not necessarily my favorite. The uncommons are not great, Dragon Spark Reactor, Uprising, Renegade. There is a Roaring Earth, which is the landfall enchantment that puts counters on creatures when the land enters the battlefield and can channel for a bunch. For black cards, I mean, there's a Lethal Exploit, which is a kind of medium removal spell, but you said that two colors that you do kind of like are white and black and we do have a scoured barons the dual land in this pack which could end up being good for deck builds where are you leaning right now dura oh goodness um i don't know if i would waste one of your first picks on a land well you know what i mean <laughs> ran out of time so the land hey. it will be <laughs> we're having too much gotcha. fun chatting what can you say but honestly this is actually the kind of format and i think we've all kind of slowly discovered Multicolored things work out pretty well, and getting an yeah. early dual land can uh, give us access to some good things in the long term. And Black oh, White yeah. is actually the artifact meets enchantments build, so what a great way to start. And speaking of that, we also have a Banishing Slash here in pick two of pack one. Destroys an artifact enchantment or tap creature, and if you get that artifact and enchantment, you get to make a 2-2. Two -two. That's great, oh, and it's alongside the Kami of Terrible Secrets too, which is another artifact enchantment payoff. I mean, I love to take this removal and try to go into that realm if you're feeling up for it. Yeah, I think that's a good choice here. Removal is important. We, yeah, and the fact that this also produces a creature and it is well, well flexible and be able to destroy most things in this format. And the land that we took, even though we may have run out of time, it might be doing good for us here. This is gonna help yeah. us cast this card relatively well on time. So we'll scoop up this Bastion Slash, go to pick three of pack one and, oh, well, this is interesting. Uh, in the rare slot, we still have the rare, which is Iganjo, Seat of the Empire. This is the legendary white land that can channel 
and deal four damage to target attacking or blocking creature. And it is in itself just a white land. Mm -hmm. This is like pulling some sweet double duty here as both a removal spell and a land. I love that card being here. Besides that, I do love me some Shrine Steward, which tutors for an aura or a shrine puts in your hand. There's a Fall of Lord Conda, which I've really gone down because getting that chapter one has been really selective and hard to get. I don't know about you. I mean, like you said, removal is kind of important and this is a land and a removal spell in one. Yeah. I'd be kind of inclined to take it. Yeah, I would too. It doesn't come intact. I think that's pretty important for that kind of land too. So. That's excellent points yeah excellent point it doesn't come into play taps which allows us to keep the uh, tempo up and still have a nice flexibility in that card uh pick four of pack one the uncommons being bronze cudgels which is just not a magic card at all uh there's also a walking skyscraper the <laughs> eight eight for eight that is a big boy uh for a real big boy uh we <laughs> have a Golden Tail Disciple, the 2 3 Lifelinker for 3, which is pretty good. There is a Network Terminal, which has turned out to be quite good in both color fixing and card selection in a long game, which this format tends to be in. And also, the most memeable card of the format, you are already dead. The removal spell that destroys a creature that was dealt damage this turn and then draws a card for a single black mana. Where are you leaning right now, Dora? Uh, I think we need either a creature there or that artifact. Both of those are really good. I tend to agree, and I would love to get an enchantment just so we can start to maybe bolster the Bouncing Slash. And if we put a few, you know, reconfigure things onto this creature, it could actually turn out to be quite good. Yeah. We'll slap that into our pile and go to pick five of pack one. Uh, unfortunately, the uncommon slot and also the commons, not too good in the world of, of white or really black with a debt to Akami and Nizumi Blade Blaster in the slot. There's a Roaring Earth, which we talked about before. Maybe we could actually like pivot into green, white, maybe splashing some black, possibly. There is also oh, yeah. a Brute Suit and another dual land or a multicolor land in the Uncharted Haven that allows us to filter and fix into a better color. I could see us really going into either Roaring Earth or maybe even the Uncharted Haven. That's kind of where I'm leaning. What are you down for? Lots of colors or maybe landfall and big creatures? I think if we diversify a little more, it might help us out. So Roaring Earth is actually a really good card, I think. I think, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's. I think it's had its ups and its downs over the course, but its flexibility of either making a big creature or growing ours, it has mm -hmm. impressed me. So I like your choice there. As we go to pick six of pack one, uh, in the creature slot, there's not too much. There's a Kami of Restless Shadows, which is not very great. Uh, Mukatai Ambusher, which is pretty medium. There is a little bit more removal in Repel the Vial, which has impressed me a little bit more. It's the instant for three and a white that uh, exiles either a creature with power four or greater or an enchantment. So it can actually take care of some sagas that tend to be quite oppressive in the format. I'm kind of inclined to take this right now. I know we're yeah. light on creatures, but it's probably just the best card in this pack for what we're trying to do. Yeah, I think so. And the good news too, is we're sending some clear signals to the player on our left that white is not available. So I like that as some equity in this uh, pick two. Uh, pick seven of pack one. Ooh, well, this is where we're starting to see some signals develop. Uh, there's really not much in this pack except for red or blue cards. Uh, there's a Tamiyo Safekeeping, which has been a pretty good save spell. Uh, dropped his puppet, which again, not really much of a magic card, but there is a Windscarred Craig, which is interesting. If we keep ourselves open, maybe we can find some better color signals down the line. And it is a multicolor land. Besides that, I'd maybe either take an arm guard familiar as a blue card, but I don't know if we want to go in that direction. Mm, it's really up to you. This is a hard choice. 
It is. I'm going to take the land for now. It's white, and I think we want to establish ourselves as a white player. Maybe we can yeah. find some other color combination going down the line. Well, pick eight is showing us that red seems to be open. There's a Tempered in Solitude. There's a Kami's Flare and a Song Shaper, the 2-2 two -two for one to red that uh, increases the number of artifacts enter the battlefield under our control. There's also a Network Terminal which is another color uh, fixer. And maybe we're just gonna be playing a lot of colors. Maybe we'll be in those colors that you prefer, the Mardu colors. We already have two lands to support it. And this terminal mm -hmm. could help us out with that side too. We could also just take a Kami's Flyers removal, but we already have like three bits of removal. I kind of yeah. just want to take the terminal and try to stay open. Yeah, I would do that. That's a good idea. Glad we're on the same page there as we go to pick nine. This is our table pick. And well, that Aganja's Uprising is still in the pack. If we can like use it as a kill spell, it could do okay. Uh, we could take a brute suit, also an explosive entry, which destroys an artifact, which can destroy a number of actual creatures in this format. I, I kind of am inclined to take the brute suit, but we could try to have fun and go with this uprising and see what happens. I think we need creatures too. <laughs> I think we need some creatures there. Yeah, I know it's a vehicle, but yeah. Uh, we're, we'll just, we're very sparse on creatures right now. <laughs> we'll stay disciplined, but we did table the Kami of Terrible Secrets. An mm. excellent bit of creature there. That's oh, interesting. I'm surprised to see that this late. I'm not going to lie, Dura. It's a, no one else is running that color, I don't think, so. Yeah, well, we're not seeing much else here as we're getting to the end of the pack, and this is the time where I call garbage time. As we go to our next pack, is there anything you're right now wanting to see out of the stack of cards that we have thus far, be it more creatures or removal? How are you feeling? Um, I think we're good on removal for now. I think we really need some creatures. Like, we need yeah. some more things to help us, like, but the people can tend to be a little more aggro when it comes to um, draft, so in my experience. Fair enough. And best of one Q is definitely known for that, which is where we are at. Let's go to pick one of pack two and see what we can find. In the rare slot, it is Scrap Welder, the 3-3 three, three for three that does things with artifacts. And a pretty medium card it's turned out to be. Uh, the saga is Fall of Lord Conda, again, a card that I've talked about that I'm like kind of medium on. Uh, for another uncommon slot, though, we do see a Jukai Naturalist, which is the 2-2 lifelinker for a green and a white. Enchantment spells cost one less to cast. Uh, besides that, in the common slot, Shrine Steward does pretty good, but we don't have much in auras nor shrines at the moment. Uh, and there is, a, I don't know, Searchlight Companion is pretty medium. This is not the easiest pick. We could take a Flame Discharge too, since we already did pick up the Windscarred Crag and the Network Terminal, but it's more removal. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm kind of leaning towards either the Naturalist or the Flame Discharge. The Naturalist is not out of, out of possibility. What are you thinking? Uh, I'm leaning towards the Naturalist. I think that's fair. Maybe we end up with a little bit of splash here and there, but I think that card will do us right. Uh, pick two of pack two. Uh, the uncommons and rares not really looking what we're at here. There's a lot of blue-red stuff, and the rare is Invoke Despair, which has four black pips, which is not even close to what we're trying to do. Uh, <laughs> There is, however, two cards that really stand out to me. One is Ecologist Terrarium, the artifact that tutors for a land, and then you can sack it to put a counter on a creature. Helps us out with maybe some of the splashing we're trying to do. And also, Harmonious Emergence, which has really gone up for me uh, as a aura that turns our lands into four or five creatures that kind of have haste on turn five. I kind of want to go with one of these two cards here, if I'm going to speak openly. Yeah, that aura is really good or the artifact, whichever one you think is best. 
I, th I like the fact that you said the aura. Let's let's give it a try because I'm a big fan of this thing. Plus, you said we need creatures, and this mm -hmm. fills the slot quite well. Pick three of pack two. Well, I think we're starting to solidify more into green, and I'm pretty happy taking this uncommon here, being Goshentai of Boundless Vigor, the green shrine that is a 1-1 for trample, one to green. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, you pay one and put a counter on target shrine for each shrine you control. I really appreciate this card. Did someone say shrine? Mm, turtle. Mr. Turtle, calm down. <laughs> Bruh, this guy loves shrines. I don't understand. Like He is... He's over the moon, but we're kind of <laughs> positioning ourselves as potentially a shrine build, so yeah. I'm pretty okay with this. Also, creature, important. Pick four of pack two. Uh, unfortunately, man, this is real sad to see this Oni Cult Anvil. I love this card a lot, but I don't think we're going to be going in that direction. We do have a Papercraft decoy, just a solid 2-1 for two. We could take, say, this Befriending the Moss that turns into a 2-4 flyer over a few turns. Uh, I'm kind of down for either the Moth or the Decoy. Maybe a Grafted Growth if we really want to play all the colors and just be full of shenanigans. What, what do you want to do? Do you want to go crazy with shenanigans, consistent pick, or maybe some Saga equity? I like that flyer. I think flying it can be a big deal when a lot of people aren't focused on flying. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm biased. <laughs> I don't disagree, and I think if we're going to be going into this green-based build, Flying a big creature over, like, say, an enchanted land with Harmonious Emergence could be a way for us just to win the game straight out. Mm -hmm. Pick five of pack two. A lot of black and red stuff. We're leaning away from just a tad bit. But I do see a Shrine Steward. The three mm -hmm. two the tutors for an aura or shrine. And look, we got both Harmonious Emergence and the shrine in this pack. This card already tutors for two cards. And we can find things like, say, the Intercessor's Arrest that can help support this plan too. I love this card, it's a nice two for one yep. value. I would grab that, that's a good one. Love that we're on the same page as we go to pick six of pack two. More blue red stuff, not a lot of green or white things unfortunately, but there is a Wander's Intervention, one in a white instant, uh, four damage to attacking or blocking creature. It's a medium card, but it's a playable card. Yep, that's playable. Pick seven of pack two. Uh, okay, so a couple things that stand out to me here. Roadside Reliquary is a land that we can sack to potentially draw two cards. We already have three artifacts and six enchantments. There's also the Ecologist Terrarium that can help us more with this color universe that we're going to try to diversify into. I'd be down for either. I think the Terrarium is more consistent to help mm -hmm. us play more cards, while the Reliquary is a little greedy, but can be some nice card advantage. I would go with the Terrarium. I like where your head is at. As we go to pick eight <laughs> of pack two. Mm, well, if you're talking Mardu, Ishin is right here for you. Sally, just doesn't do too much in limited. We do have a grafted growth as a land aura that can put a counter on a creature. Hey, another shrine steward target, whoopee. Yep, I, yeah, I think that's the way to go for this. Yeah, there really wasn't much in that pack either, too. <coughs> no, there wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Pick nine of pack two. You know, it's impressed me a little bit more over time. Moth Rider Patrol, the 1-1 one, one flyer for one that can tap a creature. It can wear auras relatively well if we get, like, say, a Born to Drive. And it can stop a real curmudgeon of card. Yeah, I'm willing to take it. Yeah. Flying is pretty valuable. We. As flyers say in the air. We. 
Pick 10, <laughs> we're gonna pick up a second Repel the Vile. Probably not end up playing it, if we're gonna be honest. As we go to garbage time here, you know, we've got 17 playables, not including some of the dual lands that we have. We can now easily kind of go into a couple different colors. Ooh, a little late Papercraft decoy. I actually like this card quite a bit. I'm happy to take it, that. Yeah. yeah, blocks and draws a card long-term. Uh, you know, going into pack three, we're, we're green-white. We want to be there. I want to find some more ways to really solidify this plan. We've got some good removal. We've got some solid creature presence. What would you love to see right now? Just looking at our stack. Uh, some more fun things to play. This is looking kind of dry. <laughs> I like the, where your head's at. I was thinking the same thing. Do we find some fun? We find some fun. Ooh. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, a Springleaf Avenger is in this pick one of pack three. The ninja, the six five ninja for uh, three green green or ninjutsus for four. When it deals combat damage to a player, return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. Boy, this is nice with say like the befriending the moth, the shrine stewards, even the papercraft decoy that we picked up late. Wow, nice little gift awesome. for us and fun. It's really pretty too. I love the yeah. colors. It is. <laughs> You know, have you ever seen the alternate art for this card? Because it no. strictly looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. I swear. Oh, uh, lol. <laughs> I'll show you later on. Borok, pull up a picture of it. <sighs> indeed, indeed. Let's go to pick two of pack three. Oh, speaking Ooh. of fun, Kami of Transcendence is in this pack. It's a 2-2 two, two for one and a green that uh, whenever you cast an enchantment, you put a counter on it, and then at the beginning of the end step, if an enchantment was put into your graveyard from the battlefield this turn, you can return it to your hand. Our Ooh. enchantment count isn't large, but it's good enough for me to want to take this card. I think this is nice recursion, even though there's another Roaring Earth in this pack. Yeah, I would grab that. I think that works. Very much so. Oh, oh man. I love this card so much. Beseju reaches skyward. Oh, it's skyward. so pretty. I, I want to get a wall scroll of that and hang it in my yeah, place. I love I think, it. Yeah, I think it could look really nice next to the bar. Besage reaches Skyward, of course, the saga for three and a green. Search your library for two basic forest cards, put them in your hand, chapter one. And then it turns on chapter three into a reach creature that is power and toughness equal to lands you control. Mm, what a chef's kiss of a card for us to find here. So perfect for what so we're going for. Yeah. Perfect indeed. Pick four, this is interesting. I can see two really solid picks here for us. One is Tales of Master Sheshiro, the saga that turns into a 5-5 Vigilance Haste and then puts some counters on creatures. There's also a really nice consistent card in Sunblade Samurai, the 4-4 four, four for five that can channel to search your library for planes and put it in your hand, gain two life. It also has Vigilance as a creature. Where are you at on this one? Um, I think the other one's too expensive, the enchantment. I think it's too expensive for how long it's going to take for us to actually get the good creature at the end of it. So I think the samurai. Yeah, then I I actually think you're onto something there. I like tails in a in a slower game, but really the fact that this card comes down and can channel early gives us some nice flexibility yep, in that exactly. slot. Uh, pick five of pack three. Uh, another Golden Tail Disciple, Imperial Subduer, which I'm not a big fan of, but there is a Fang of Shigeki, the 1-1 one -one Death Touch for a single green. This card's been doing a lot of good work. Have you had a chance to play this card yet? Uh, not yet, but I do play something similar in a lot of my decks. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a 1-1 one -one Death Touch Snake, so same concept. Yeah, so the fact an that's an enchantment. Yeah, that's yeah. nice with, like, say, the Kami of Transcendence that we have. Yeah. Uh, let's go to pick six of pack three. Well, things are drying up just a bit, but they're 
is uh, two cards that kind of stand out to me. One is Careful Cultivation. The rant necessarily not what we're looking for, but it, it does enough work. Plus, it goes to the graveyard with the Springleaf Avenger that we have going on. And there's yeah. also a Coiling Stalker, which can end up putting a counter on creatures. Uh, what do you think? You want to be tricksy or just rampy? Ah, that's a hard one. Mm, you pick, gonna, I can't decide. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cultivation for now, just because it is an enchantment, and I think that matters a little bit to us here. Uh, in pick seven, well, there's another Kami of Terrible Secrets. Now, we're going to have to ask the question at some point here, are we going to run these Kamis? If we might just, with the Network Terminal and the early Scoured Barons, and we have at least a minimum of five artifacts and 11 enchantments, it's a creature, it's a body, it draws us cards. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Pick eight of pack three, the last fresh pack we're going to see. We can take another Sunblade Samurai. We could take a Roadside Reliquary. I'm kind of down just for a little more creature just to get something on the board. Yep, me too. Let's do it. Uh, and let's see what our table pack looks like. Uh, not too much for us if we're going to be honest, but we could take a Dragonfly Suit or maybe a Thunderseal Colossus as an artifact to finish off our opponents out of nowhere. Yeah, that's a, that's a big wee. We need that's some a, big wees. That's <laughs> a big boy. That's a real wee. Uh, we'll pick up a roadside reliquary here on the table. Maybe we can end up making it work. I don't know, but we're here in the last couple packs. Uh, Born to Drive, where goes on the fire pretty well, and then can channel for something. I don't mind yeah. that as a as a card in general. And it's an aura too with that shrine steward. Points made. Just saying. Helps helps. Well, we're gonna be wrapping up this draft with a few final picks. But for now, all of my listeners, feel free. Go ahead, take yourselves a little break as well. Get yourself refreshed because we're gonna be back in just a second. Once this deck is put together, give it a try here on Friday Night Podcast. Stick around. Welcome back, all of my unlucky lounge rats. I hope you've refreshed, refueled, and good to have you returning as myself and our guest, Dura, dig into this Kamigawa Neon Dynasty draft deck that started off in a lot of different places, but I'm actually not unhappy with how this best of one draft deck settled in as this green, white, splashing Kami of Terrible Secrets, because that card is just awesome, and I love it. Dura, how are you feeling about this deck right now? I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays against other decks, because I think that it's got some good synergies, and um, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think your your thoughts about how, you know, being on the ladder, the best of one cues, we're going to find a lot of aggro decks out there, and people trying yeah. to close the games out quickly, because, you know, there's no sideboarding. But I think right now, as it stands, we actually have quite a bit of road blocking for our opponent's aggressive starts, be it our Fang of, Fang of Shigeki, Jukai Naturalist, and the Golden Tail Disciple as life-linking creatures. A lot of two drops. And that Kami that we picked up in pack three can act as a good blocker, then come back when we trade off one of our enchantment creatures. I wish I had a little bit more in the world of some of the better two-for-one sagas, but we did end yep. up at least with that Befriending the Moths that you suggested and the Beseju who reaches Skyward. Yep, I think those are both really great picks. I think they'll Agreed. fit very well. Agree. Now, I, I was really advocating for them when yeah, we were <laughs> kind of like talking uh, offline here, but the Kami of Terrible Secrets... We are legitimately just splashing for two of those cards. Although we do have Scoured Barons, a Swamp, plus a Terrarium, and a Network Terminal. I yeah. kind of feel justified by playing them. Plus, 
we're at least running six artifacts. So the, the number of of this minimal number count of it, I think is pretty fair. I mean, am I am I crazy for wanting to run this off-color 3-4 for four, 4 that can maybe draw us a card? Let's take a look at it one sec. The common. Sure. Yeah. If you want to scroll a... over it. So yeah. you get to draw a card and gain a life, like whenever you cast if you control if you control an artifact and end an enchantment. And I think it's pretty valuable if you think about it. That's card draw. Basically yeah. mid-game. We're gonna need cards at that point. So I think it, it, it you're not crazy for wanting to include it. And I appreciate you saying that because, you know, I, I think I've been accused of being crazy before in many other ways, but I'm glad this is not one of the reasons why. Uh, <laughs> I will say, too, you know what ended up being pretty good is the Shrine Steward. As we have the Harmonious Emergence, we've got the Shrine that we talked about, well, Mr. Turtle talked about, but we also, just as a uh, consequence, have this Born to Drive, which I think we're going to play. It's the aura yep. that is two and a white that channels for two and a white. It makes two pilots, but then I actually am very interested in this thing being an aura that can say, go on to our Jukai Naturalist or our Golden Tail Disciple, or even our Trampled Creature of Kami of Transcendence, and like just yep. get in there and rumble. I think it's actually kind of interesting. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to work. Yeah, the Shrine Steward's got a lot of like ubiquity and like we have, it's like a toolbox for us in a couple different ways. I, I will say, I think the last couple picks that we have were kind of tough. Uh, last cards of play. There, there was the Wanderer's Intervention, but I think the fact that we have that rare white land that has the same effect, I think that allows us to not have to play this removal spell that's pretty medium anyway. Uh, yeah. It's sad to see the Moth Rider Patrol go, but I want to maximize the enchantment and artifact count that we have with, say, the yeah. Kami and the Banishing Slash that we have. The last pick, though, we got in a little debate on this one, and yeah. I you know, I, I wasn't sure, and I, and I think that it, it could play out differently, but is either a Repel the Vile, the instant that exiles a creature with power four or greater, or an enchantment, versus the Thundersteel Colossus. I decided to go with the Colossus, but you know, I could be swayed the other way. I just, I want to keep the artifact count up and I would love just a big boy to crash in there. I know, but like, you think about it, seven mana. Like, it's pretty late game. And like I said earlier, there's going to be a lot of aggro. That being said, I do think it's the better choice over the Repel the Vile because it's the Repel the Vile is also expensive for a removal like if you cast that early on um you're basically spending a whole turn on removal at that point so i don't know i think the colossus works with the overall deck i do not i'm not sure if we're, i'm gonna be surprised if we get to play it though honestly you know, in the end i think you put it best when sometimes you just need a little bit of fun and what's more fun than a seven seven trampling hasting creature that comes out of nowhere hopefully <laughs> it'll be so much fun that it will be on a bun but let's get ourselves into this game and see how this draft deck is going to play out i think we got quite a bit of opportunity to make something special happen and uh let's see how this deck ends up going it looks like here in this game we are going to be on the draw we have a hand that has force and planes which is nice papercraft decoy root suit network terminal a Sunblade Samurai that looks really like a channel card here, and a Jukai Naturalist. I'm not sad about this hand. No, this is a pretty good hand. It truly is, and we have a lot of route to both accelerate and continue to get colors. Oh, and there As we go, we, Swamp. Yeah, and we draw our Swamp for those Kami of Terrible Secrets as our opponent starts out on Mountain and goes Mountain into Mountain. Mono Red is a thing that people can do in this format. I don't know if I necessarily advocate for it for most of the time, but hey, we're doing it right here. Um, our opponent 
as they are thinking through this play here with double mountain. Maybe they're thinking about forking. Seems unlikely in this format. But uh, I, I almost wanted to take the line here of going naturalist into trying to go into a Sunblade Samurai a little bit sooner. Uh, it looks yeah. like they're gonna pass through here. Do you wanna go for this naturalist or would you be interested in more playing this paper graph decoy as a removal magnet, considering that our opponents just went mountain mountain? Oh, removal magnet maybe. Because I'm worried that he's got removal at that point. Excellent point. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, we can still go naturalist next turn into a turn yeah. four samurai. So we still have the numbers on it. And we can still go turn four samurai off a network terminal too. So we've got yeah. a lot of flexibility with our hand as we just drew Ecologist Terrarium and proceed to play the Papercraft Decoy. Our opponent's gonna go to their turn here and they're not gonna kill our, our, our cute froggy boy, are they? Look at him, he's so cute. Looks like it. They're he's an origami frog. <laughs> now our opponent did put the highlight box <laughs> over it, realizing that their removal can probably be better well spent elsewise. They play a third mountain for the turn. Sadly, this is not Throne of Eldraine, where uh, <laughs> getting monocolor is really uh, well worth it. As they play Crackling Emergence, they're gonna go aggressive here on their turn three play. That is, of course, the four, the three, three aura that goes onto a land. And they're gonna crack at us for three and take it, go down to 17 here uh, and go to our turn. We draw another planes. And now as our hand is starting to get a little flushed with mana, I I'm going to the curiosity play of what should we do for our turn. I'm actually almost inclined here to play the Brute Suit as a way to trade off uh, for their creature that they have, at least protecting us from a little bit more damage. We could try to go into an, a, a more accelerated plan of like network terminal into Sunblade Samurai the next turn. There's a couple different routes that we can take. How are you feeling right now, Dura? Mm, let me take a look at that Brute Suit. It's a 4-3 that crews for one Vigilance creature uh, for three mana. Mm. I think that's up to you, honestly. I'm gonna give a try here to playing the Brute Suit. I just feel like right now, the way that our opponent's going mountain, 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 that they're really trying to lean on being more aggressive. And I'd be pretty happy yeah. to trade off this Brute Suit for their tapped land, because they'll have to tap to attack, even though the land yep. will preserve itself. It's just one of these matchups, I think that you made an excellent point uh, in, that we just don't want to get cheesed out by really quick, yeah. aggressive starts. And right now, the way that they seem to be trending, they're trying to get more aggressive. As our opponent, yep, they go into it. I think I'm pretty happy to take this trade here, uh, Brute yeah. Suit for that aura. And they also then will be off one more land for this turn. So yeah, not sad about this. And the next one we get to go our Naturalist into Terrarium and stay mono efficient, which is great. And then we'll have a Samurai the next turn. Our opponent's got a lot of uh, time pausing between the things. Makes me believe they might have a Kami Flare. Sure enough, yep. they do. So they're gonna deal two damage to us off the Kami Flare and then also remove our Brute Suit. As we go to our turn okay. here, we're at 12, they're at 20. We draw careful cultivation for the turn, which could be a line that we take, which is enchant our papercraft decoy, make it a three, four, which would block the creature. And they didn't play a land. They just went three mountains in a row and missed the land drop. I'd almost be willing to do that, but we could also Oh no, we're short one green, so we couldn't do it off the Jukai Naturalist, unfortunately. I kind of just want to say Mana Fish and go Naturalist into Terrarium, take our licks, and then just go the next turn. Yeah. Yeah, that I think that. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to end up doing. Let's go Ecologist Terrarium. We're going to go search out for 
our second forest of the game. Play that out. We'll play our naturalist. And then we, I think we'll just uh, pass the turn here. I'm, I'd be happy to just block with the decoy just to not get cheesed out by damage, depending if they yeah. have their next land drop or not. And they draw, drop another mountain. We might be facing one of those rare mono red decks that can be possible at times. Not often, but sometimes. Yeah, it seems like it. I, I, I'm almost willing to just throw this Papercraft decoy into the bus. I just don't want to take too much damage as they play a Twin Shot Sniper. That's a good one. That's going to destroy our Naturalist here. Uh, we do draw Ooh, a Ganjo, yeah. Seed of the Empire. Not bad. Not bad. So we can right now go and play the Samurai here on turn five. So our board right now consists of Papercraft Decoy, Sunblade Samurai, and an Ecologist Terrarium, as our opponent right now is staring us down with an Enchanted Mountain with Crackling Emergence, the aura that makes the creature, the land into a 3-3, and the Twin Shot Sniper. And they drop down another mountain. I do honestly believe they might just be this mono-red build. But the good news yeah. is, even if we continue to draw lands, that Network Terminal will hopefully do some good work for us in the realm of being able to filter out additional land drops. Plus, if they don't actually get aggressive with a play here, we can start swinging with the Samurai and have the Agajo up in case they decide to double block. So all's not for naught, though we seem to be a little bit on the back foot being at 12 and them being at 20. And they go Flame Discharge and kill... Ouch. Uh, right, exactly. Ouch, indeed. Well, they're going to crack in here for quite a bit. Unfortunately, I think we're kind of priced into taking this because the Papercraft Decoy might be needed here for being enchanted to with a careful cultivation. Gosh, that's not a yeah. sentence I expected to say. We'll take our licks here as our opponent is starting to get quite aggressive with some of their lines here. And maybe this mono red deck that our opponent is playing right now might get there against us. But we'll see as our opponent right now is got one red mana open and seems to still have a space to play something. What else could they be possibly playing here? More <laughs> removal. Oh gosh. Sure enough, as they play a Volted Surge, and we continue to flood just a bit here and get more lands. Unfortunate that it might be, we might be able to get away with going to five in the next turn here. So we'll play our Network Terminal. It's going to allow us to still be able to channel this Agonjo, Seat of the Empire. And if we need to channel the Careful Cultivation, we can, but I want to keep this land in to filter away yeah, we're going to need a little bit of luck here to try to stay in this game here, but they're going to play their sixth mountain for the game as they have two cards in hand. We have a Ganjo, Seed of Empire, Forest, Careful Cultivation in hand as they play Goro Goro, Disciple of Ryusei. <laughs> oh, this card has been my bane multiple times in this format. Uh, yeah, sure enough, they're going to be able to play that. And they are going to now have an opportunity to give their Goro Goro haste. And they're going to swing now through four, seven damage and trying to kill us. Now, this is an interesting conundrum here because we can Aganjo any of their creatures, including the 3-3, three, three, which is a modified creature for Goro Goro, which would allow them to start making dragons, or we can kill the Goro Goro itself. If we decide to kill the 3-3 three, three enchanted uh, land that's a creature we take less damage but the goro goro will stop them from making the five fives we need a little bit of luck either way honestly i'm more inclined to kill the three three preserve life total and try to go from there no comment <laughs> a fair line to take you know i think we need a little bit of luck so i'm gonna go and kill the uh the crackling emerged land 
we I think essentially we just need to make sure and hope that our opponent just doesn't have a way to potentially modify one of their creatures. But the truth is we're kind of on the back foot regardless. Our opponent's gonna be able to get us here for at least four damage, bring us down to three. In fact, that's true. As we decide apparently to draw another land. Well, yeah. we're really good at drawing lands. Uh, Network Terminal here is going to uh, discard one of our forests. Maybe we can find something else here. Sure would be nice, my unlucky Laundrats. Oh, we did find Golden Tail Disciple. That is a life-linking creature. That does give us a chance here to potentially crawl back into this game. Uh, we're going to play out this last forest just in case so we can uh, channel careful cultivation, all things considered. Uh, you know, we've got one card in hand. They've got one card in hand. They've got Goro Goro, Twin Blade Sniper. We've got careful cultivation. If we can somehow survive these last bits of Onslaught, we might actually be able to start to take a turn on this game. They go to their attack step here. Ugh, they swung with both creatures. That's a little scary to me. This makes me want to channel this careful cultivation to block both creatures. That tells yeah. me they at least have something going on. We're going to chump block, but hopefully we'll be able to get away with this turn as we show our final card. You know, this is definitely one of those matchups I wish we had a sideboard. We could bring in, say, that Wander's Intervention and have a chance. Let's see what the final card in their hand is. They've got seven lands open and nothing but possibility. Sure enough, they've got a Kindled Fury. I can't believe that. It is a me that is like one of the most medium cards, and boy, they got us good with that. You cannot be serious! Damn. Oh, there we go. Yeah, wow. okay. Wow. Well, it's enough to keep us in the game. Comedy of Transcendence is what we're alluding to here on the stream. So, Kami is going to come on the battlefield, and we're kind of priced into activating the Terrarium to put a counter on it so we can at least block both of their creatures profitably. But if they draw any creature, we're just dead because the Goro Goro gets the haste over us. Let's just hope they draw a land or two here. If not, we might be calling this a game. And sure enough, they draw a creature, which is going to give them a chance to give haste to their board and swing through in this final beat of the game. Unfortunate might it be, but hey, you know, we still had a chance to play out some fun things and Though we don't get to take home a win, we get to take home some memories with you, Dura. Thank you so much for joining us here for the stream today. I've had a ball having you here in the Unlucky Lounge. I've had a lot of fun too. <laughs> I know that our listeners would love to have some fun. So can you tell them where they can have more fun, i.e. tell them where they can find you on socials? Yeah, for sure. So my social media for Twitch and for TikTok is Durachka. 27 uh, d-u-r-a-c-h-k-a and then um you can also find my discord through there if you want to play magic with my community um there's pretty much a game every day being organized on that discord and, and if not then i always stream um <clears throat> mondays wednesdays and saturdays over on twitch so please do follow her you'll find her links in the show description below but you know, I can see Borak and Mr. Turtle are going to try to lick our wounds with a free round. What do you say you stick around for another drink? <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> Once more, a big thank you to Jarachka for joining us here in the Unlucky Lounge for this week's episode of Friday Night Podcast. Boy, I just love drafting with people. 
And though our conversation turned to a lot of different topics, it was so wonderful to see exactly what she was all about here in the world of Magic the Gathering. It truly is a game of many games, and it's good to see how other people walk the planes. And if you want to join her community, you can find the information to her show in the show notes below along with our link tree telling you where you can find our Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Patreon, and more. We'd love to hear maybe what show guests you would love to see down the line. Maybe you have the idea for a topic. Maybe you're hyped for new Capenna. Drop us a DM, send us a tweet, and keep the narrative going even when the show's not rolling. Well, friends, it looks like I've found the bottom of my drink, and so we've reached the end of another episode. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok. <laughs> And Mr. Turtle 2. That's me, Turtle. And this has been Draft and Draft, Friday Night Podcast Edition. Now go out there and make some magical memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.